baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Nikki Haley talked exclusively with this show, and you can check that on the podcast. We aired it at 3 o'clock, but you can, wherever you get your podcast, just search Drive Time with DeRussia. You can check that out, or you can find the interview at WCCORadio.com. She said that Democrats salivate at the thought of Donald Trump being the nominee. She's trying to position herself as uh, sort of a normal Republican. So take a listen. Tell me what you think. Uh, But it's available for you wherever you get podcasts. It is 409. The snow is coming down, getting lots of texts from people about uh, what the snow looks like. It's so unusual to see it. I think we're we're all confused. But that is snow. So (laughs) I Sandy County, the temps have dropped like a rock. I mean, it. you know, now everyone can make their state tournament snowstorm joke because... There's always a state tournament over the next five weeks, I think. And so you got your state tournament snowstorm. It is Tuesday at 4 o'clock. We do DeRussia Eats. DeRussia Eats is brought to you by the Minnesota Pork Board. Our guests today run the single restaurant most likely to be described as underrated. Wow. I, I can't wait to hear what they think about that because I think it's Well, it's mixed, right? Being underrated is good and being underrated is bad. They are in St. Paul. It is called Tongue in Cheek. And today we are joined by the three owners of Tongue in Cheek. Uh, We have Ashley Newman, Leonard Anderson, and Ryan Hughesby. Thank you guys all so much for coming in. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. All right. Who wants to take the underrated comment? Oh, God. Uh, can you hear me? Is this, yeah, yeah, it's is all good, Ashley. Okay? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, Payne Avenue, East St. Paul. It's kind of been from the, the beginning. It's like, what, you're doing what? Yeah. <laughs> on Payne Avenue? Who, you know, what's going on with that? And it's just, it's kind of continued that a little bit. We have great neighbors that have helped expand horizons, and people come from all over the metro to see us, but... Yeah, we seem to fly under the radar, and I, I'm not sure what that means or what that answer is. I don't know if it, to that. Yeah, yeah. Le, you know, Leonard, you uh, from the from the moment you guys opened up, people were like, "All right, Payne Avenue, kind of a working class, blue collar street, known for pizza places and neighborhood bars." And you were bringing, you know, you were at W A Frost, and then you were bringing sort of that that type of I don't know. How would you describe yeah, what, what your goal was? Casual fine dining. Casual fine dining. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I remember almost 10 years ago now sending you the press release via email, <laughs> and you emailed me back thinking it was an April Fool's joke. I did think yeah. it was an April Fool's <laughs> joke. Well, it was on April Fool's Day. Don't ever send a press release on April 1st. We thought that was funny. We thought that was going to get some notice, and instead it's like, oh, yeah, this is a joke. We got burned <laughs> back when I was at TV. One of our producers once 
uh, got a press release on April 1st that said First Avenue was relocating to Blaine. (laughs) And he ran it as a story. And so I am now, if anyone sends me anything on April 1st, I don't believe it. (laughs) But that idea of is this for real, the fact that you guys have sustained so long, what what do you credit that to? Well, I mean, we're all three owner-operators. We all work. Um, We do our best to just keep all the standards up to where we want them at. Um, And we were all Eastsiders when we started this out, so we wanted to give back to the neighborhood and contribute. Um, Since then, we've kind of I want to say Leonard's Food. Leonard's Food. You think it's Leonard's Food? What do you think it is, Ryan? Yeah, Leonard's Food is definitely a huge part of it. But like Leonard said, the three of us are there every day uh, overseeing, making sure everything is the way it should be. And I think that really helps us maintain those level, uh, this uh, level of standard that, that we have and maintain phenomenal food and great service and just keep things running. But we do, like you said, you know, we're underrated. We get people come in all the time and whether it's their first time or their hundredth time, they often say, wow, this place just always but never fails to amaze. Yeah. And it's, it's a good feeling. I think sometimes if you're overrated, your food might be great, but if you're overrated, then yeah. people would be disappointed. So yeah. underrated is not a bad thing. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah, there is that challenge, right? Like everybody wants, everybody wants the critics to say that they're good, but the critics don't pay the bills. Like ultimately, if, if your neighborhood is coming in and people are traveling to go and try your food, then, then you're winning, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but That's we all still want to be told that we're good. Like <laughs> it validates how yeah. hard you work. You need the and, pats on the back. You know, it it, feel, it does feel good. It it's like okay, we're, we're not crazy. We're we're doing something here, and we hear that all the time from guests. Yeah. So we don't necessarily need it from outside sources, but you know it. It is nice. It is some of the challenge. And tongue in cheek is the name of the restaurant. It's on Payne Avenue in St. Paul. Um, Part of the challenge of being a restaurant that's around for sort of the length of time that you guys have been around is part of why I wanted to talk to you. Because making it 10 years now yep. ten, yep, is crazy. It's such a good achievement. But you're still not like 20 years where like you're sort of a standard now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's that in-between where sometimes even guests who love you, you're not the hot new thing. And you're not the tradition old thing. Yeah. So how, Ryan, how do you kind of keep people like, keep reminding people like, hey, we're around, we're, we're a value? Yeah, that's the challenge. Like you said, 10 years is a great accomplishment, but it's kind of that in-between spot. In the restaurant world, people love everything that's shiny and new. You got to go check out the, new, the newest place, the hottest trend. And a lot of those places don't last, but everybody goes sure. to check them out at first. Yeah. So we just you're building relationships with our guests. You know, we know a lot of them by name, if not by name, by face, and that goes a long way with them. And just you know, we're I think we're solidly consistent. That keeps people coming back. But you do have to just try constantly try to get people's attention. We try to do a lot of social media, uh, email uh, marketing, and that kind of thing. It's but it's challenging. You know, advertising and marketing in this day and age is a, a weird thing. Ryan Hughesby, that's who you just heard. Uh, Ashley Newman and Chef Leonard Anderson, the three behind. Tongue-in-cheek in in St. Paul. Uh, Leonard, when you and, uh, well, the three of you sat down to create the menu, but it was your food. You set it up in what I think is a really innovative and interesting way by having, like, sort of super small bite teasers, 
small plates and then bigger entrees. Tell me a little bit about kind of what your ethos is and what you were thinking about when you created that menu. Well, I always liked amuse-bouches when we would go to other restaurants, and I like that. That's like when a chef brings out a little a little bite. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted to expand on that a little bit and have a little menu of those. And then those change every once in a while. Then we have a share plate section that we usually change two or three things every month. And then same with the entree section. We do the same where we change, you know, three to five items once a month depending on seasonality or cool things farmers are bringing us or things that we want to play around with. Um, So we just try to keep the guests involved with that as well so they have something new to try so it doesn't stay so static are there some standards some things that have been on the menu since the beginning yeah um what are the classics for people who've never tried you who are going to want to go check it out the blues is one of the teasers the east fried pride another one of the teasers the bacon and egg Um, those are a little bit more difficult to change out just because people come there hoping that they will be there and they're just four bucks right yeah, yeah yeah so a little just a little something i that also shows off the talent in the kitchen, I think, right? Yeah, yeah I think the teasers really showcase the texture, flavor combinations that Leonard is just really great at creating. Low risk, too, because you're like, four bucks. If I don't like it, so what? Yeah. You know? Yeah. We also have uh, cocktail teasers, uh, which took a little bit um, of figuring out when we opened. Uh, so we have small cocktails that you can try for, what are they? Yeah, mini cocktails. Most people don't order them individually. Well, in Usually, flight, you yeah. get them as a, a flight, flight. So you get yeah. six mini cocktails for um, twenty-eight. Yeah, 28? it's a really fun way to try a variety so of stuff. Did you run that by Ashley? Too. You raised the price to twenty-eight. <laughs> She's like, I don't even remember. I, know, right? <laughs> I do want to talk to you guys a little bit about pricing because that is for sure a challenge in the restaurant industry right now. Right? We talked yesterday with a state legislator who wants to ban service charges. And have yeah. everything put in uh, the cost. And you guys have like, what, a 4% kind of health insurance charge, something yeah, like that? Yeah, 4.2% goes just in, a, you know, just towards helping us pay for 50% of our employees' health care. What do you think about that idea? I mean, I, I will say, like, personally, I loved it when restaurants first started putting at 3 or 4% the health insurance charge, where I'm like, I really like that they're providing health insurance. Like, yeah. I enjoyed the value and I never uh, have an issue with that fee. Now there are so many different fees where you've got like a takeout 10%. You got some places with uh, 5%, 10%. Some are 21%. Yeah. Customers hate it. I can tell you this. I like, think I think, pers- I think as long as they're transparent up front on the menu about what's going on, I feel like businesses can make their own choices. I get it, though, that... You know, credit card processing fees, we've always had to pay for that. Right. So the fact that now they're trying to recoup that, that's, you know, a little unfair, I think. But to put it all in the prices, I think that would be, I mean, people are having sticker shock with all the fees that add up. I think that individual pricing, it would be the same. Yeah. It would, it's, At least everyone would be on the same ground if you all had to put your fees in there. But it is like, I do think people would be surprised to see. Uh, you know, pretty con- well already. We're in the seventeen, eighteen dollar burger range, but you'd be yeah. in the twenties. Yeah, yeah. It, it would. Yeah, I think you know a lot of 
owner operators maybe aren't very transparent about what those where those fees go. That's and that that's sends why a, the, 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 that's bad why message the, yeah. to a lot. You know, I think maybe there are some operators who kind of ruined it for the rest of us. You know, we just have the one fee and we use it just to pay health insurance for our employees, which it's pretty rare for a, a restaurant our size to offer health insurance, and it, it's a good health insurance plan too. And uh, majority, well, over half of our employees take us up on it, uh, so it's it's, it's a good, great yeah. thing. And actually, our service fee doesn't even really cover our end of the health insurance. It just helps to offset it a little bit. And we, we you know, we like having it on the menu because it's a way of us letting people know that we do that. We have very few people who complain or push back on it. And I know at some places with the higher fees, customers definitely feel differently about it. Our experience is that our customers uh, either don't mind it or love it. I think I've had to remove it from one check. Well, yeah. You know, since yeah. we since we started this years ago. Tongue in cheek is the name of the restaurant. I want to talk about brunch when we come back. Plus, we'll get your uh, restaurant recommendations as well. Places you like to go in the Twin Cities. Tongue in cheek is in St. Paul. It's on Payne Avenue, 989 Payne Avenue. You have a parking lot right there. Lots of street parking on Payne Avenue, too. Derusha Eats brought to you by the Pork Board continues in just a minute here on CCO. Derusha Eats here on CCO. Go to Tongue in Cheek. It's on Payne Avenue in St. Paul. One of the uh, great ways that people get to meet your restaurant is through brunch. You have uh, one of the best brunches in the Twin Cities. Always have from day one. And I don't like brunch. So what? <laughs> I don't like brunch. You don't, are you anti-egg? You need an no, egg, I love it. Egg advertiser on here, right? Yes, yeah, <laughs> right. If the Dairy Council were in, I've got. I mean, um, my issue with brunch is that most brunches taste nothing like what the restaurant really tastes like. Sure. So you go and you have like the generic brunch stuff, and here's your hash, and here's your chilaquiles, and whatever. But your brunch feels like tongue in cheek. It feels like the restaurant, which I think is. Is cool. If I go to Tongue in Cheek, I want it to be yeah. sort of feeling like it would if I went for dinner. You know yeah. what I mean? Part of that is most of the menu is available during brunch. Mm-hmm. And we do brunch five days a week. Every day we're open. Uh, but mo- there's only four items that are specifically brunch or breakfast items. But even those really do capture Leonard's food. You know, the... The pork belly on the on the here's Johnny is one of his signature things. I know you hate that word signature. Uh, <laughs> you don't like but that. One of, the, one of yeah. the things he's known for is the pork belly, and it's just phenomenal. Yeah. So you really get even with the brunch items, you get a great feel for what what Leonard's food is like. Leonard, everybody else likes talking about your food more than you do. That's fine. I like it. I'm good with that. <laughs> humble. He's, you're... he's the rare, <laughs> modest, humble chef. Where? Do, how did this happen? Why are you? Why are you so humble? Uh, I'm just defeated by kids. At this point. <laughs> how old are your kids? Eight and eleven. Eight and eleven. Yeah. So when you opened, no, you're being told that's wrong. Yeah, they're seven and eleven. <laughs> how are you supposed so... to know their age? <laughs> yeah. Come on. You're doing fun. Can I tell you how many times I enter one of my kids' birthdays on like some web form and it's like, nope. Oh, I don't (laughs) know. I tried. Doing my best here. (laughs) Uh, So your first was just like a baby when you guys opened up. Yeah, Yeah. she was just barely two. Do they hang around in the restaurant? Yes, they do. They. uh... Ashley, do you want your kids to want to work in the restaurant? No. (laughs) You know, that's, yeah, I don't know. That's a 
I complicated. Question. I feel that way about like <laughs> my job too and my kids. My 16-year-old works for a restaurant and it's been a tremendous experience for it's, him. It's a great way to learn how to interact and treat people, really, in yeah. front of the house anyways. You just you come a, you come into contact with all walks of life and you get treated in every kind of way and it's a, just a good way to kind of um yeah, realize you know just it's humanity in they're, yeah. they're having fun mostly and you're kind of there to facilitate that. So have guests changed post pandemic, Ryan? Yeah, they definitely changed during the pandemic. Every uh, customers were just could not have been nicer and more generous. Buying and, gift cards and doing oh, whatever yeah, to yeah. keep our, you our, open. Our customers were phenomenal during COVID and they've continued to be after. But we've definitely seen more of a return to normalcy where we'll get some not so nice people every once in a while. More, where more that complainy, wasn't more. Yeah, not. I mean, not not that bad. But yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's just kind of returned to to normalcy. I think where where people aren't just giving you the benefit of the doubt yeah. all the time, yeah. which yeah. is fine. You know, that's great. The customers should hold us accountable. Yeah, agreed. Ashley Newman, Ryan Hughesby, Leonard Anderson. Leonard, is it weird to work with your wife every day for all these years? No, no. We're married, or going on 19 years, so we've been working for a while together. Yeah. How do you guys get like separation, time, time away? That's actually How when we work we together that? at the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because <laughs> you're in the kitchen working, <laughs> yeah. and you're up front, Ashley. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. What's, yeah. what's the thing you're most proud of, 10 years? What, what's your, your biggest? Oh, the fact that we all still love each other, really. All three of us. Yeah, we uh, people warned us before we we opened this place. You don't go into business with your spouse. Don't go into business with your best friend. Uh, but here we are, ten years later, and uh, we're uh, closer, better friends than ever. Yeah, so cool. Oh, I love that. Um, before we go, three restaurants that you guys like to visit. I don't know. Do each of you have one? I do. I just the most recent one I was at, and we've been at a few times, is called Mister Taco. It's on White Bear Avenue in Maplewood, and it's just in a strip mall. It's very unassuming, but I had two of the best margaritas I've had outside of Mexico there, and and the food was great, and our service was awesome, and it was just, you know, you go into something, and you're like, oh, I don't know what this is going to be, and you leave really happy. It's kind of a rare thing sometimes. I love that. Yeah. Mr. Taco, right on White Bear Avenue in Maplewood. Mm -hmm. Ryan? I'm going to say the Emerald Lounge in uh, on West 7th Street mm. in St. Paul. It's a very day. small, cozy little place. We actually tried to go there for a year or two. Oh, for your since birthday, they opened. You, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, had, we did finally get a time where we could all get together and go in in December, January. Yep. Yep. And yep. yeah, the food January. was great. Service was phenomenal. We had a really good time. That's a great place. I love that room is so cool. It, it is. is kind of yeah. narrow and dark, and great martinis there. Yeah, the cocktails were were very good. <laughs> Leonard, I'm gonna go a little different and go with uh, Bogart's Donuts. In oh, Uptown. they're pretty good. Bogart's is good. Yeah, yeah. I'm a that's big another place that sort of when it first started, it was like a frenzy. Yeah. I don't know if like the donut moment has passed. Never. Not Never. for him. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just go to. Yeah, there's something with their. Is it a brioche done? Brioche yeah. dough yeah. that they brioche use. Brioche yeah. dough. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Now I want a donut. <laughs> Me too. Uh, tongue in cheek. We every time I write about them, I always say it's underrated, and uh, hopefully you you guys go, and then you'll say no, it's properly rated. It's wonderful. So congratulations on ten years. I'm sorry for asking if 
your opening was an April Fool's joke. <laughs> <laughs> what, hey, that's a great story. What an it insulting email story. to get. You're yeah, like, yeah. like, like Russia thinks it's impossible <laughs> that we would open. I totally forgot about that, but I do remember exactly where I was sitting when I sent you guys that email. That's to Russia Eats, brought to you by the Minnesota Pork Board. It is 4.32. We are going to take a break. I want to talk about... Macy's today announcing they're closing 150 stores. They're they're focusing on luxury. And it has me thinking about the middle class in America. As Macy's goes, does this signify that our country is truly losing the spots that the middle class would go to shop? We'll talk about it next here on CCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Macy's is not what it once was, right? But the announcement today that Macy's is closing 150 stores and pivoting to luxury by building new Bloomingdale's location, sort of, it really hit me this morning as a symbol of the fact that this country, the middle class, is evaporating. There was a time that as a middle class shopper, You know, yes, you didn't do all of your shopping at a department store like Macy's or Marshall Fields or Dayton's. But there was something about the department store. People would come to the department store and you would have these price ranges where you could. I don't know. There was there was a bit of aspirational. Shopping to it, right? Like as a middle class person, you could go to the department store. Maybe you'd maybe you'd pick up a perfume or maybe you'd pick up like a low cost uh clothing item but then right next next to it you'd see like oh you know this is this is the next step up or the next step up what's happened is that we are now a country of discount retailer or luxury retailer and i don't know like there's something about it that just doesn't sit right with me this idea that as a country we 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 feel very comfortable putting people in two buckets. You're rich or you're poor. You can go to the Bloomingdale's or you can go to the dollar store. 651-461-9226 is our number. If you have thoughts on this, maybe I'm overthinking it. I don't know. I'd love to hear your feedback on it. Now, Macy's has issues, right? Like if you've been to a Macy's in the Twin Cities lately, you look and it's like, Ah, like a lot of them are like sort of a mess and you're like, what, what are we doing here? Especially in an era where you can online shop. So there's a generation that's doing that. Then you have people who like to go to like the, maybe a community neighborhood type boutique, that sort of thing. Um, which I've sort of moved my shopping to a local store. That's sort of an in-betweener. It reminds me of Macy's. I get most of my clothes uh, either online or from uh, Jackson Gray, which is the local uh, men's clothing store. Their prices are like, you know, they're less than Nordstrom and more than Target. And there's something about it that, like, 
about hearing that Macy's are shut, that all these Macy's are shutting down. And we don't know, like, are they going to, you know, which Twin Cities stores? I don't think that's been announced yet. But you're just left with this uneasy feeling that, like, the middle class, already you feel like you're being squeezed, right? And then on top of it, um, a store that to me was like a symbol of that middle, upper middle class is just starting to fade away. And maybe maybe that'll be it. Like the department store will go away and you'll have either Target and Walmart and the dollar stores, Kohl's. Um, and then, you know, now you're at Neiman Marcus and Bloomingdale's. Bill is in Invergrove Heights. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Bill, thanks for listening. What do you think about all this? You know, I don't think we're a high end or low end society so much as an individual specialized society, right? Mm. We get our politics how we want, we get our food how we want. I think when it comes to clothes, people are going on Etsy or Amazon or Redbubble finding sort of their specific brand shopping online. And then I think, you know, in a pinch, if you need a pair of joggers, surely you'll run out to Target, yeah. Walmart, whatever. Huh. But I think when it comes to style, we're so... We've sort of... You know, and, and again, That's really interesting. Right. The idea that we've like individually sort of curated like our four or five brands that we like, and that's that. Because we, we are our own brand at this point. If you think about how much we all use social media, mm-hmm. I mean, you are, you are the Twin Cities food guy. Like, that's your brand, right? Yeah. And so I, I think that's... Because we're our own brand, we're sort of curating our own style. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think like when I first moved to Twin Cities, like Macy's was, uh, and at the time I think it was still, it was maybe Marshall Fields before it became Macy's. But like that was sort of the go-to. You'd go there to get your, you could get a dress shirt uh, and a suit and you could go there to get, you know, socks and underwear and go get some Frango mints and call it a day. And now you're probably right. Like we sort of... Yeah, that's not how I shop. I don't go to a general, like a big general store right. like that. Yeah, really well, interesting. I'll tell you this. If, if I'm going to get a suit, I don't want to go to Macy's, and I'm going to get a shameless plug, but I'd rather go to Bill's Toggery in Shakopee where I, I know him and yeah. he'll, he knows my measurements. And, yeah. And that's sort of, it's the individual That's that individual that curating. For. Really good call, yeah. Bill. Thank you. Clark is in St. Paul. Clark, thanks for calling CCO. What do you think about all this? I think the individual thing is a good analysis, but if you look at the statistics, the middle class has been decimated in the last 30, 40 years with almost all the money going straight up to the top. And I think it is also what affects Target a little bit, how they're starting, because it's really, there's, they still were kind of a little like upper, lower class, middle class thing. And I think they're, that's why they're losing out to Walmart a little bit is that we're just being squeezed in either direction pretty hardcore these days. Yeah, I think that's right. And it is it is it is troubling. And you, you saw this really play out during the pandemic, especially right as you saw people on the yeah. upper end were, were just fine and we're saving all sorts of cash, buying, buying so many hundred thousand dollar cars. And then a lot of other people were, you know, worried that is their industry going to survive? Is their job still going to be around? I, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of hope. You know, it makes me a little nervous yeah. about the middle class just seeing the way things have been going over the last, you're right, the last 30 years or so. I think we need to tax the ultra-wealthy and get our money back. Clark, thank you. My rich friends just freaked out. <laughs> but I feel that. I feel it. Like, you look at the promise, the promise of capitalism in the United States is that we want businesses to succeed because 
those businesses are going to pay their employees enough money that the employees then can patronize the business. It's like the circle of business life. But what we've found is that there's so much of a focus on the stock market that that money that a generation ago would go to the workers and you'd have this strong middle class. Instead, it's going to the stock market and the rich. I just like I just turned into a socialist. What just happened here? I'm pro I'm pro capitalism, but I'm worried. I'm pro capitalism, but I am worried. That's for sure. 447. We'll take a break. It's drive time on CCO. You know, the last thing I'll say about the decline of Macy's is that I miss having places where whether you're middle class, upper class, poor, where everybody would go there. And a department store like Macy's was one of those places. Today, the only place that I can really think of that you see massive kind of cross income group, cross racial group, cross suburb versus rural is the state fair. Like there just aren't that many places that you see. I don't know. Our first caller said it so well that we sort of curate our own lives. Now you have your own politics. You, you, you end up living in neighborhoods around people with similar politics as you, you end up, living by people with similar income as you, which is sort of a part of the nature of, of home buying, right? And so we've just allowed ourselves to get so isolated into our own bubble. And then, you know, people like me get mad that, that everybody's not open-minded and everybody has their mind made up. Well, it's, yeah, of course everybody does. And now with work from home, like you don't even get to the situation where you're forced to like sit next to, Susie or Sally, and you got to listen to whatever crazy stuff they're talking about. And you say like, well, Susie and Sally may be crazy, but like they sure are nice and they're sure good. They're good people. There's this like humanizing of life that happens when you mix with all sorts of different people. One texter from rural Minnesota saying, We've been left with only Walmart and Family Dollar. We miss the Herbergers and the Macy's and the nice department stores. And many don't like online shopping. You know, for me with clothing, like I only do online shopping from brands that like I know. Because I'm one of those like mostly a medium unless it's like a cool, cool guy brand. You know what I'm talking about, Cook? Like certain brands, there are certain t-shirts. You're like, oh, you don't? No, I just order stuff and it doesn't fit. I send it back. That's that? That's it. So you sort of know, like, there are brands like like Matt who's in here. Matt, yeah. you're a medium, right? Medium or small? Small. It's medium. He's a small. He's a so medium. Are there some smalls that are too small? Yeah. Right. Yeah, the same thing happens to the medium guy. I'm a medium, except when I'm not. Right. And then you start freaking out. You're like, what I had for dinner last night? <laughs> like, I don't fit in my clothes. No, it's a cool kid brand. Like, I don't, it doesn't work for me. Uh, um, Basically, anything that says slim fit, I just cross that right off, and then I had to bias like a. I know, I know, you're skinny. <laughs> I surprised <laughs> you didn't tell the for, the the yeah. Olivia folks how many people on the trip came up to you. And, hey, you really did. You lose the forty five pounds. It is a funny thing about. I mean, I lost count of how many times that happened. Yeah, when you do, I think people expect that you're lying when you do an ad for losing weight, and so then they see me, they're like, huh. You really, actually did. You really did lose it. I like. Well, 
Now I feel like I have to keep it off because, boy. Good, good motivation, If, right? if I chunk up, Oof. people are going to let me have it. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty tough. I can deal with most criticism, but that might that might do it for me. If you or me, would you drive to Hudson tonight? It's to check out a new pizza place. I mean, that's a pretty good, like, it's worth it. I feel like it might be worth braving the snow. It's Minnesota. Are we that babies? My wife telling me we shouldn't go to Hudson? Come on. Toughen up, everybody. We'll have the latest on the snow in just a minute. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 